right. Hello and welcome, everybody. Five minutes with Sean, maybe 10. We're back for a sit-down edition. Now, see, I don't, in my career, have a lot of experience with parts departments, okay? Admittedly, as a GM, uh, I was friends with all my dudes, but it wasn't an area I drilled down into, right? I had a parts manager. I did all these other things that I kind of distanced myself. So today's guest is special to me because right now it's her gig. It's what she deals in, a lot of the parts department things. So I want to learn. I'm hoping everyone else wants to learn today. So I'm joined by Kaylee Filio. Kaylee, how are you today? I'm doing great. Well, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you? you so much for joining us. You, uh, you work for Parts Edge, that's correct? Yes, that's correct. Excellent. And what is the role there, Kaylee? What is the job that you perform for them? I am the sales and marketing manager. So I'm in charge of, you know, creating all the content and the sales process, getting people interested in parts edge and, um, and then onboarding them. Awesome. So you got it. You get to, you get to build the buzz and, and try to sell this to now, before we get into your topic quickly, is your, who do you sell this? Do you try to, do you try to sell this to, or who are you trying to attract? Is it parts managers? Is it general managers? What's the target audience for you? Well, I think uh, most would agree that every dealership's a little different, but my main target is parts managers because without their buy-in or them being on board, then, you know, it's kind of useless. <laughs> so oh, um, I yeah. like that you admit that out loud, Kaylee. A lot of vendors <laughs> will admit that. A lot of vendors will just say, yeah, just sign up. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, so, I like that you say buy-in because it's the most important thing for anything that any of us do in the space. Mm-hmm. If you're not a dealer and you work with a partner as a dealer. The only thing you can do is add value. And if they don't use the product, then it's not a value to them. So I like that you say it. All right, Kaylee, this is something exciting because I have no idea where you're going to take us here. So Kaylee, what are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about how to support your parts managers and how you can sell an idea to your boss. Okay, love it. Love it, love it, love it. Let's start off with the fact that as I stated in my opening, I didn't, I I wouldn't say that I wasn't supportive, but I wouldn't say that I went out of my way to support any of my previous parts managers, Kaylee. So where does this conversation sort of start for you? Is this a history of you in our business? Uh, Did you work in dealerships in that part of it? Or have you always just sort of been on the vendor side of the discussion? So I've always been on the vendor side. I've been with Parts Edge. It's the only vendor I've worked for um, just about 10 years now. So um, my existing experience was um, kind of all over the place. I managed a subway restaurant and I was in real estate. I sold a product to title and escrow companies. So um, just kind of all over the place. Okay. Um, I will say with, uh, with managing a subway, we did manage an inventory, uh, definitely not as large as a parts manager, but I do grasp the concept of that and, um, and the reactiveness that comes to stocking what you well, need. It, I mean, it's, it's been 10 years, right? So you've been with parts size 10 years. That's a legitimate time in our business, vendor side or retail side to be in this industry that long requires love. I know recently you posted a sort of how we all got here. Uh, sort of post into this crazy world um, and you having been in the parts de- for a decade now. So you've seen the plight. I assume this is where this is coming from for you. You've seen the the existence of parts managers be one of the more difficult ones in our space. Is that fair to say? Totally. Yeah. Because when I first started at Parts Edge, I worked in the operations. So I got to learn how to support our parts managers and 
talking to hundreds of hearts managers, I've just learned over the years that they're just tend to be underappreciated. And I've learned to um, really, uh, you know, get them to open up and how we can support them. I love it. So you got to peel back the layers. We're getting into a little mental health Monday here too, folks. This is like a, it's like a two for one deal here. So when you, cause that's a, it's a very important part. Kayla, you say that is about, is it, is that your relationship isn't just a transactional one as my boy, Russ Mann would put it. It's not just sale to service, sale to service. It's, Hey man, how can we do more for you? How can your, how can your position grow? How can we support it? What are some of the things you hear from, I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine what you hear from parse managers, but what are some of the things you hear from parse managers as to why they feel unsupported? Is it because people go out of their way or is it because no one goes out of their way? What's the overwhelming sort of, does anything stand out as like the main reason parse department managers feel the way they do about being uh, underappreciated, I guess the way to say it? Yeah, I would say that um, it's a comedy. I don't think they're, they're not being appreciated on purpose. Um, I think that they're just, there's an expectation for them to know how to do everything that they're supposed to do, especially when it comes to the DMS and inventory management. And a lot of times I, I don't, I haven't heard a story that they haven't been like thrown into the position and, and there was like little to no training. And I think that's really common in, in all positions really, but we're talking just about parts managers here. So, um, Yeah. So they're just not, there's not a lot of training or support out there for them. So they just kind of learn as they go and then they make mistakes and then the GM or upper management's upset, but then they didn't really have that support or training to really understand those decisions that they're making and the impacts of those decisions. And to be fair, um, who the hell would they get that from Kaylee? I'm going to be honest with you because, you know, I sat at the top of viewerships and I wouldn't have been the guy. Um, I, I don't know that my service managers really grasp the concept. Otherwise they'd have been back there. So I just, to me, it's really what we run up against, uh, in our world. It's why we sort of created our company is to help, you know, people understand data, things they didn't understand, help put it in sort of that simple English, if you will. Um, now you got me thinking that that department probably needs almost more training than anyone else because of the intricacies that exist within a skew, within a level, within a brand, within a, forget a multi-brand store, right? Where they jam it all into one corner and the dude's managing multiple OEMs and different DMSs, like they don't all communicate. I'm sure you've seen the hell there. Uh, and, and I'm sure your manager have expressed that to you as well. Yeah, the, not everything communicates and there's so many moving parts so that parts managers, they wanna be more proactive, but they're, they get stuck in this reactive state and they're just trying to keep up in the day-to-day, especially in the past couple of years, cause we all know everyone's so like extremely busy and um, everyone I talk to is just like, they're just trying to keep up and to think forward and think ahead. It's just almost impossible to, to do that right now. And the understaffing, right, doesn't help yeah? because we're understaffed everywhere. And that department, once again, you just assume that Eric, the parts guy, he's, he, he can run the whole place every hour we're open. Do I really need a second Eric, the parts guy? You know, and the reality is, yes, yes, we do need more people qualified. Um, Kaylee, in your experience of, of, of working with the, uh, the parts managers, do, who do they report to? Do they report to GMs? Do they report to, to, to service managers? Or are they on an island? Like who holds them accountable? What is what is the normal flow there? Because again, mine was through my service manager. It was kind of like, hey, 
service manager, bring me the retail parsley situation and we'll deal with that. So what have, what have you run into there? Uh, yeah, it's different everywhere. So some GMs are more involved and some dealers are even more involved with their parts. So they report directly back to them. Um, I've been seeing a lot more fixed ops directors. Um, they're more low, you know, service. So, um, it's just kind of more successful than the other in your experience. Do you see just a a buy-in? Do you see any sort of pattern that exists of success there? Um, based on like who's involved. Yeah, based on based on the buy-in, you know, part of it, I would assume that when an owner is involved in this parts department, is more successful than those who are not. But I'm trying to make sure that that is the case. Yeah, no, that's that's totally the case. Whenever there's a dealer upper management more involved and trying to understand um, what their parts manager is actually going through, definitely, yeah. No doubt about that. So buy-in, people. I hope you're hearing this. We're, we're, it's simplified, right? Even to the parts department can get better if everyone supports the idea of it getting better. So I just, I want to put that out there. I know we're always talking about, you know, different things and spaces in the car business, but this relates across the board. So um, Kaylee, when you talk with your parts managers and you start to get a feel for, for what they do, what's the longevity of the position? Like, do you find that people have been in the parts farm for a long time? Is it a jumping off point? What, what is it kind of, because I just, I, I use Eric, the parts guy, because literally that was my parts guy. And it was, that's just what he was. He was always there. He never sort of aspired to move or do this because it didn't seem like, once you were a parts manager, if that's what you were into, then it sort of felt at the top a little bit. So what, what do you see those guys having conversations about their roles and, and where they look to go with that? Well, you know, I think most parts managers that get into that role, they're pretty happy with with the fact that they're a parts manager. Um, it, I think there's a, a special personality and a unique uh, thought process that takes it takes to be a parts manager. Um, and I think they're okay with that. Um, I think their focus is on growing the business, trying to do better and, um, and just, you know, be the best parts manager they can be. Uh, Cause you know, it's the second largest cash investment that the um, dealer makes. It's super important for them. Their, their role is very important. I think most understand that too. I like how you drop it in there. That was just real subtle, real nice and quiet. Like, by the way, second biggest <laughs> cash investment you got running uh, hello. Right. And, and that's, that is definitely the case because up front is supported by floor plan. In most cases, careful to my friends who have big blue oval dealers, apparently the change is coming for you in that regard, but um, most dealers do have the floor plan up front. So that's something to be supportive of. Uh, that's an interesting cash investment piece you put there, um, Kaylee. So when you deal in parts departments and you walk in the first time to try and help someone out, what, what's that, what's that first major thing you look for to try and figure out where you can be of most help? Like how, what do you look to identify within a process to see where you can fit in? That's a great question. And our main focus is um, the DMS and the way that it's set up and, and how can we save the parts manager time in that process. Um, so, and, and every dealership is so different too, or every need of a parts manager seems to be different, what they're focusing on and their market might be different. So we of course talk to them and like, how, what, what can we focus on? Do we need to focus on obsolescence? Do we need to stand more on top of returns? Um, do you have a lot set up in the system that's hard to maintain? You know, it's just, it just varies, <laughs> but our main focus and the core of what we do is, is the, the, the DM, supporting them and their DMS. 
So are you a bolt-on between the two? Do you help the two communicate better or do you work to clean up the DMS? What is the sort of, the, the sort of, and again, it's just, it's wild to me to think the DMS will be there and the guys over in the front end of service are writing tickets in a different system, supporting that in a different ticket. Like just my head spins with the disconnection of, of Frankenstein technology we have in our industry, that's for sure. But for you, what does that look like? For us, we're we're utilizing their existing the DMS to make it work better for them. So, um, yeah, so it's a combination of cleaning up and keeping it organized and being consistent, and that's how we're able to see such great results is when we're consistent. Because I think that that's what parts managers really want is they want to be more proactive and consistent. And they know what they need to do. I sw- um, well, let's back up. Maybe the newer ones might not know, and that's where we teach them. But the ones that do know they can't be consistent because they're putting out fires they're running all over the place um they're short-staffed so yeah that's that's really where we bring support (laughs) i hope that answers your question (laughs) yeah no you do and here's what i like about it i like that you use the word consistent um i think consistency is the biggest thing that you have running for you in anything that you do i think being consistent is key for instance this show i mean we're on like 215 straight mondays okay uh, with your with your show, we have never missed a Monday 215 times in a row. I take a lot of pride in that. People That's are always like, "Who cares?" I'm like, "I care." It's important to me. I said I was going to do it when I started this thing four years ago, and that's how we're going to roll. So the fact that you do that, you you help the dealer because you just said that they they want to help. The parts manager wants to be empowered. He wants to be proactive, but he cannot. Whether it is time, whether it is headache, whatever it is, he cannot. But your system seems to be able to help him streamline the ability to be proactive. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say, yes. <laughs> he said it perfectly. Okay, so if you're in the business of streamlining parts departments, everyone should be talking to Kaylee after you see this show. If you run a retail store and you have as much involvement as I had, and you don't have to admit it out loud, I've already done it for you, um, you should be calling her. You should be getting on the phone because streamlining right now, people, this is the time. Uh-huh. Like it, it's, it's crazy to me. People are like, well, I have low inventory. I have this. Yeah. So take chances in other areas you would have never taken if you had twice and three times the inventory. Let's go. Let's try to be different. Kaylee, are you seeing more of a buzz during the, the, the let's just call it the COVID period? Uh, you've been doing this 10 years. Then you did previous. Like, is there a pickup and a care now and focus to your world since that? Or is it lessened or unchanged? No, there's a pickup. Definitely. I, I mean, I think there's a combination though. I, I've definitely gotten more active on LinkedIn and exposing Parts Edge because I feel like it's just been this like secret and no one knows about. Kaylee, 10 years uh, until I saw your name, 10 years, been doing this 24 years. I had no idea. Yeah, no idea. That was not, <laughs> not something. Nope. That just never, it never registered with me to even look into. And, and what always happens to me is my clients always ask me, hey, Sean, I need a parts for my website catalog. I'm like, what? What? I don't know who does that. I'm always looking around. I stumble across other companies, but nothing about what you're doing. Streamlining the actual activity of the parse manager. Mm-hmm. No, this seems like you're dropping new, brand new shit on me that is brand new to the world. And it, it's not, clearly. It is 10 years old, um, but I'm cool with that. And, and I feel the same way. My company is going to have nine years anniversary. And, and, and we would rather be this way. We've been more active in the last two years on LinkedIn, maybe three. Uh, and, and, and to me, it's not really... You know, I think the industry is going that way. So I think your timing and then the industry looking for profit centers that weren't existing now because the front end is as whacked out as it is. It's a profit center, but the volume of it is far less. 
So they're looking for other profit centers. Do you believe that's another reason for your uptick besides your push socially and what you've done, but just a natural curve? Yeah, a natural curve. And um, there's a lot of new parts managers out there. So there, I think that upper management is being more proactive and like, hey, instead of having the, the person that was on their way out training the person now, or the parts manager simply having no training, they're being more proactive in like, hey, we need to look for a, a something to help them. Because I think that, um, yeah, I think they're just being more proactive with it. I, I love it. Again, I just, here I am thinking that dealers today should know the name Parts Edge at one way or another. If it helps clean up an area that is just not clean by all accounts, DMSs are for the most part, all right, Aaron Sheik, my boys at Auto Miner, I love what you do. But for the most part, DMSs are a disaster, okay? <laughs> In every facet of the word, it's the main reason people don't ever change out of them because the change can be even more disastrous. What do you find with the, the, the DMS headaches in your company curing? Like what, what is the big highlight? Is it organization? Because I think you mentioned that. I'm just trying to, is that the one that people say, wow, this is what I love about my parts as it helps organize an area that's disorganized otherwise? Um, well, so I would start with, um, I don't think it's not that it's or, organized already. I think that um, parts managers can only do so much in the, the DMS and we're giving that ability for them to do more when it comes to the sourcing and organization of their parts. And I think um, most parts people understand when you can have more categories, more organization, that's when you become more granular with the way you're stocking parts, your pricing, your manufacturer, you just have overall more control. So um, yeah, I don't think it's that it's not organized. I think that it's just like, it was set up years ago and never really changed. And then, the, these things need to be reviewed more um, consistently and um, to be. There better. it is again. Consistently, we <laughs> need to check in. Even when you're working with Kaylee and you get to that level, there's still maybe a next step you guys could take. There's a deeper drill down you could work towards. I think you speak to a, a great point, which is DMS limitation. Mm-hmm. I think people would be like, yes, I would love to organize to the depth you were speaking. I just cannot. You know, yeah. we run into a lot on, on the front end with websites. You know, I want my website to do this. It cannot. Well, I want it to. Yeah, I get that. It can't. I cannot make it do that. Um, but this is what I want to ask you because maybe you have feedback. Um, in the world of sales, right? It's all online. Be Amazon, be this, be that, blah, blah, blah. Sell a car online. How often does that happen in your world? How often are parts departments in your world profiting and making money from online sales that have nothing to do with any other part of their dealership, but an online portal? Do you have any feedback there, Kaylee, or hear anything about that? It's, it's a buzz topic recently. It really is. And it is um, very important that the dealerships move towards an online selling process. Uh, so yeah, we're hearing a lot. It's not something that we um, offer in a way of like, we don't have a way for them to sell parts online. Um, there's lots of great products out there that can support them. But um, with that, it's just like having kind of another business within your department. So you have to make sure your department is set up to support that, that type of growth. So um, just like wholesale, if you want to get into wholesale, <laughs> you also need to be able to have a process to support that. So great points, great points. Process, it comes back to process, comes back to consistency. It's like a digital retail tool only for your parts department. And the same reasons that I say that those things normally fail is the same reasons that we say right here, like 
make sure you're make sure you're ready make sure your staff make sure people are trained make sure we have buy-in to do these things because just adding them or having them as a feature somewhere so that you get an oem off your back or you just feel better about something is of no use to any of us ever so please just be engaged with your tool kaylee when you work through organizing things um when you kind of have that discussion with a, a parts manager about hey where are we at now? What's the level of relief you think people are, are experiencing once they work with you for a while and they kind of see how much deeper they can go? What would, give me some real like happy stories or example of someone who, you know, man, they were really down in it. And then we, we came on board and we helped them organize and, and here's some success from that. Yeah, I actually have a recent story. Um, they're not totally set up yet, but um, a dealer came to us, which it's rare for a dealer to come to us and say, hey, I want to support the parts manager. Normally, it's the parts manager that wants to support, and then they're asking their boss. <laughs> but sure. anyways, sure. the dealer came to us and was like, I really want this tool for my parts managers. And we had the initial call with them, and the parts managers were just, like, jumping up and down. I could, like he was just so excited when we were like, we're going to do this, this, and this, and we're going to help you with your um, manufacturer program. Cause that was the biggest thing too, is there's so many guidelines and things that we have to help them to support that. And he was just like, so relieved. And it was just really great to hear that because, and the fact that his boss was like giving him them this tool too, was just, yeah, it was really cool. So that kind of dovetails into the other part of what you want to talk about, right? So you want yeah. to talk about how to sell the idea, how to put the concept in front of someone. So let's talk through your approach. That seems fresh enough that it might be a part of that example. But to this point, how, how is it that parts managers can help them help you get on board here? What, what can we do to try and support that? Well, it comes, I mean, it boils down to the upper management and they have to be in the my, the right uh, mindset and really just wanting to um, support their parts managers because um, I get it a lot where the, they think that the parts manager should be able, it's their job. Like they shouldn't have to have a tool, but if we think about all the other departments, they have so many other tools to help them in their day-to-day. -day. Why, why doesn't a parts manager? Um, so <laughs> I just, that's, I mean, one thing we can think about. It blows my mind, right? Like you sit here, we, we joke, we laugh. It's not even really that funny only because it's these people's lives, right? And livelihoods and what they deal with and how they operate. And so it drives me crazy to hear that. Now, Kaylee, I, I, pricing of your product, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm not here to do that to you. But are we, are we talking like less than thousands of dollars, more closer to less than thousands of dollars? Where, where does this fall as far as a, a value proposition to a dealer? Uh, it's uh, yeah, we, it's a flat fee. So it's 800 per franchise. <laughs> so that's it's it. very like, that's it. We're month to month. No add-ons. Um, no, no, nothing. Uh, this folks, yeah. I'm going to stop us here. All right. I'm, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause the show. You I, don't on this spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't ever do this on my show. Okay. Oh. I don't ever let anyone talk about their product or the price of their product. I know. I thought we weren't supposed to talk about We're it. not supposed to. Is it fun though? Because I run the show. We'll talk about what the hell we want. This is what I need people to hear. This is important. $800 people to help your parts manager who I guarantee you, you currently spend negative dollars against. Okay. I guarantee you, none of you spend any money to support them. You have a company dedicated to their support for $800. Stop making excuses.
All right. <laughs> I, like I said, I don't use my show for this. And whoever's watching, I hope you take it somewhere. Ridiculous. 800 bucks. Call Kaylee. Sign up. That's stupid. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, it's so, fair. I mean, it's $5. It's the, I always say it's a $5 an hour employee. <laughs> if you really think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, Kaylee, wait. $5 an hour employee, I would hire you. Okay. I mean, like, and I don't even need a parts manager. It just seems like a value. So here's my thing. When you, when you go in, what it, I've got to imagine you close most of what you talk to, because if people get far enough to talk to you, then they've got to be inclined. And once you get to the 800, there cannot be someone who says, Kaylee, if it were 400, I would consider it. Is there like, it, it, no. do, do you close most of the people you talk to or are there people who walk away overpriced? Um, not really that no one really walks away from price. It's more of really the parts manager can't get the approval. So that's where I run. For the 800 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you give? What, what suggestions do you give them? How do you help them frame it? Cause that is what we were talking about. How yeah. do you, how do you help them frame it? What do you do Kaylee to say, Hey, look, here's what we've seen work in the past. So, um, I always, I always recommend having a conversation with the GM or upper management and the parts manager together. Cause of, of course, I mean, I'm going to be able to sell a little bit better than the parts manager might, um, with our product and, um, or service. I won't, I won't want to call it a product, but, um, uh, and then I just, you know, I give them the tools. If they don't want to have that conversation together, I try to equip them with the tools to be able to review it and go over it with, with upper management. But, um, that's why I want to say is if the upper management mindset isn't there to really support their parts manager, then it's like kind of, you know, I can't, you can't force anyone to, to do anything. So oh, you can't, you can't, but here's the thing. The mindset of a general manager is, as you and I've talked about right now for even a parts manager, right? Take that times it by four departments, times it by consumer facing, you know, much bigger part, right? All the headaches, all the excuses I could make to you right now as to why I wouldn't have time for it. Mm-hmm. I can imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, I can imagine if I could get you on a call with a, with a GM and a parts manager that we could be through your pitch in less than 30 minutes. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So here's the thing. If, if, if people, if GMs, I bet you she could do it in 15 if we tried. Okay. My point is, I think if you could give up 30, she could probably do it in 20 and you could deliver. So it's 30 minutes, people. You're, so I don't even know this second cash biggest investment part. And now I know it. And now I can't get out of my head. So- I know. It's huge. And the whole thing is, too, I think once um, once we have upper management and parts managers working together, so we bridge that, that gap because they're looking at it in two different ways. The parts manager is looking at it. Um, and the G or the upper management's looking at it and the sales and when parts are bought and they're just looking, it's just different. So we're bridging that gap of like, this is what's going on. These are, these are the things that we recommend changing and everyone's on the same page and understand. So it's no pressure of the parts manager. Like, Oh, I screwed this up boss. Or, you know, it's like, right. But aren't you easily giving general managers transparency into a department they would otherwise know nothing about? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's my thing. So as a former GM, I'm hearing this and I'm thinking to myself, damn it. I wish I knew about this, or I wish I had something like this because it would be to me, even if you're a hands-off GM to your parts department, okay. Which I don't recommend, but even if you are, if you could sign off on $800 in 30 minutes, it sounds like you wouldn't have to think about it very much. And Kaylee and her team would support your parts manager. Exactly. Yeah. 
And then, and then they would get that report that we send saying like, this is where it at, this is where everything's at. This is a clear picture. And the GMs understand where we are laying out that report. So it's not just like 50 pages of an MGR of like, you know, what's going on. <laughs> right. Cause you know, you want to get to a part statement and I'll be looking for kindling by the time you're halfway into it. I'd be like, cool, wrap it up, throw it in the trash. I'm, I'm done talking about the part statement. Uh, <laughs> it's a million pages long and everything, everything's on it. And I, it's where I flunked out of dealer school. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> um, for sure. So, I and I think the reason that I, I have some passion for this is because you do for parts what we do for marketing managers and marketing directors mm-hmm. is we offer them a lifeline. We say to them, look, no one else is helping support you. No one else is there for you. When you have a question about parts, who the hell do you ask in your dealership? No one, because you're the only one with the answer. You need a sounding board. And again, people, if you don't believe the $800 of a company to support your employees is worth it, in this time where we're at with what front end gross is and what total profit is and what, you know, bottom lines look like, shame on you. Straight up. Shame on you. It's too easy. Unless it's, unless Kaylee here is snowing me and she's overselling and underdelivering. Now I haven't worked with her, but I don't believe that. I don't believe you can exist for 10 years quietly without support, massive support from the people you already do business with. And I know that from personal experience. Yeah. So it's, it's legit. Kaylee, as we wrap this up, tell me what can parts managers do to try and, 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 and get their manager on the call? What are, what are the tactics? What can they show them? What can you share with them to share with the dealer to get them excited for a potential 30 minute conversation revolving around 800 bucks? That's a great question. So I would say um, parts managers, instead of like saying that it's just going to help you do your job better, they're going to care more about like the investment and how better that the inventory is going to turn out. So, you know, just providing those, those types of results that we can, um, we can produce and help the parts manager produce, I think might get a GM excited and seeing like, you're going to have a better ROI. You're going to have a better inventory that supports your customers. Um, and, there's not going to be, there's going to be less people sitting down and, and waiting for the parts. I mean, minus the shortages. <laughs> well, yeah, but less downtime, more productivity. I think that's very easy. I'll add from my perspective, support yeah. that is otherwise not existent. Okay. That is the, the I, I am getting support for my department for less than $5 an hourly employee. Yeah. Okay? Those are numbers that if GMs are listening, you're talking about $9,600 a year. That's it. 9,600 bucks. And you're, you have support for a department that, that just, that, that needs it because there's so much that goes on. There's so much that goes on. There are so many things. Walking into a parts department can be overwhelming to me. Okay. There are too many things on racks. I don't know what it all means. <laughs> And I just go, I just keep walking. I just walk through there to the service department and, and out to my car. And I try, say hi, I try to conversate, but I, do I know? No, I don't know. So people, we need to spend more time. Kaylee, um, let me ask you last question because you've been doing this 10 years, right? Here we are in the car business. What has the last two years done for you in this business? How has it changed your, I don't want to say attitude, but perspective of our industry in the last two years? I would say that my perspective has been a little bit more positive and, and it's, um, I would have to say, cause, because what we've gone through in the past 
two years has not been easy. And I think that um, we can't lie to ourselves. Like, it's just been hard. <laughs> so I'd say like the really just getting more involved and connecting with people on LinkedIn and that shift that happened with how we're using, how we're connecting with people, I guess has been made it more um, exciting. Um, we're able to talk to more people um, more often. Um, definitely miss the, you know, of course in person, but I feel like we're able to do more. And there's been a shift with like the way that we view and it's kind of moved our industry forward. I, is that like the right, like, we're so more advanced. Yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I agree. And it's helped people like you and me, people who've been sitting in the background, kind of doing the job, not really pushing hard. People have started to, to look for us because we do exist in the market. We do help streamline. We do help work. And that's why I think people should definitely support more of it. Well, I know you missed the in-person, but I believe you've got yourself one large big person event coming up here. Uh, yeah. heading down to NADA. Is that right? Yes, I will be there. <laughs> that is awesome. We are hoping to do sort of a live recap afterwards uh, with, uh, with, a, with a great friend of mine who I'm hoping to lock up for it because uh, we, we don't travel to shows, but uh, it's something I know a lot of folks are looking forward to. So Kaylee, go down there, have fun, spread the word guerrilla marketing style. If you don't have a booth, that's how we roll the car biz. hats, shirts, you name it. We were there. Um, and, uh, and just have yourself a good time. Plenty of great people to run into. Plenty of industry experts will be down there. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much for being on the show. You have opened my eyes to all things parts, and I hope that of everyone else watching as well. Uh, thank you for that. Thank you. Everybody, next week on the show, I said it already kind of, we'll see how it works out. Might be a, might be a show of a recap, might not be. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. Thank you guys so much. Have yourselves a wonderful week and we'll see you again next week. Bye.